ESPN. This is Bet LA with Anita Marks on 710 ESPN. Previewing all the NFL game odds to get you ready to wager each week on all the NFL action, college football, plus all the local teams and NBA action this fall. This is Bet LA with Anita Marks on 710 ESPN. And tonight's edition of Bet LA with Anita Marks is made possible by Tiza. Get more focus and energy in your daily life with Tiza nutrient pouches. Visit TizaEnergy.com and make your mouth happy. Bet LA with Anita Marks on 710 ESPN. Bet LA with Anita Marks right now. All right, hour two, Bet LA. You heard the dude. God, I love his voice. Uh, here on 710 ESPN LA. And Daniel Wade joins us now. You can hear him locked on Chargers, uh, his podcast, joining us here on 710 ESPN LA. Uh, Daniel, welcome in. How you doing? Happy holidays. Happy holidays, Anita. Super excited to be here. Big game on Monday Night Football. I'm really looking forward to it. Absolutely. Absolutely. All right. So let, let's start with the offense first and foremost. Um, you know, unfortunately, the offense has been somewhat flat. And, and, and I know a lot of injuries that this offense has been dealing with on and off with Mike White, on and off with Keenan Allen. I, I'm somewhat surprised that um, Austin Eckler hasn't been more of a force to be reckoned with, especially, um, you know, towards what we've seen in the last few weeks. But nonetheless, um, offensive line hasn't been great. Conservative play calling. You know, what are your thoughts? I, I, I just thought that this offense would be a lot more prolific. Your thoughts and, and what you would grade them out so far this season? Yeah, I mean, I think all of what you said is fair, and I think what you're saying is definitely a sentiment that's shared amongst a lot of Charger fans because you have Justin Herbert, right? So when you have a guy like Justin Herbert, you want it to be exciting. You want it to be explosive. And it's failed to be that for more, most of the year. I mean, the offensive line has definitely been banged up. And one of the things that gets hurt the most by that is the running game because it's such a chemistry-based thing that when you have a bunch of different interchangeable parts going on, it's understandable to think that you're not going to be as in sync to be able to run the football better. But that, I mean, is a cop-out to a certain extent because it's just been bad. And, I mean, there were a lot of excuses for this team. But over the last two weeks, you've had your two main weapons back. You have Keenan Allen back. You have Mike Williams back. And you're still not putting up the points that you should be. I mean, over the last two games, you're averaging 20 points a game against a terrible Miami Dolphins road defense and a really banged-up Titans defense, especially in their secondary. So to only get 17 points out of that game and to need Justin Herbert's heroics down the stretch of that game just to give them a chance, I mean, it's not good enough. And, I mean, you named a lot of the problems, but they're running out of excuses now and it's still not clicking even though they have those guys back. And I think that's the biggest concern. Justin Herbert has had a really difficult time going up against cover three and the Colts Stevens play probably cover three more than any team in the NFL. Um, so, you know, how, how big of an issue do you think that's going to be, especially with Buckner um, and in the way that their front seven does get pressure on the quarterback? I mean, I think it definitely you know presents an issue for the Chargers because the thing is they already struggle to access the deep part of the field anyway. Now when you have it going up against a cover three, which you should be very familiar with considering his defensive coordinator, his rookie year, was Gus Bradley, right? So that's the defense he was going up against in his entire rookie season. You would think he would have a certain level of comfortability with it. 
at the same time, it's just hard to have faith that this offense and this offensive staff is going to be able to have Justin Herbert and this team ready to go put up the amount of points that they should be able to against a bad Colts team, right? A, a Colts team that gave up, what, 36 points last week in the second half. I mean, this is not a good defense, not a great defense, but still I think they have the secondary in Indianapolis and they have DeForest Buckner up front. They have Grover Stewart up front where they're going to make it difficult because the two guards for the Chargers, Matt Filer and Zion Johnson, have had a kind of a roller coaster season. Zion Johnson, he's a rookie. You get it. Matt Filer is a veteran. He was one of the guys they were hoping was going to anchor this offensive line, and he's had a major regression this year. So I think it's fair for a team that, you know, only put up 17 points last week against the Titans to wonder what they're going to be able to do offensively this week. And it feels like another week where maybe this is the third week with Mike Williams and Keenan Allen back, maybe things start to click a little bit. But there's also a team that hasn't scored a touchdown in the third quarter since week five against the Browns, right? Six combined points in the third quarter for the Chargers over their past eight games. And what that tells me is they're not making the adjustments they need to in-game when other teams are adjusting to them. So, I mean, any kind of, you know, first half over you're looking at, I think is a lot more attractive than the second half. But that has been the frustration, and it's hard going into a game like this, going up against a cover three, to have a ton of faith that this offense is going to go out there and put up 27 or 30 points, which they should. Again, uh, Daniel Wade joining us here on 710 ESPN LA. Uh, just uh, our, our previous segment, we heard from Coach Daly talking about the excitement of getting Derwin James back uh, defensively. At the same time, the Colts making an interesting switch here. Nick Foles, who won a quarterback for the Philadelphia Eagles, is going to be starting for the Colts. But nonetheless, we'll get into that in just a second. Your thoughts on Derwin James and, and how much better you think this defense is going to be with him obviously active and attractive. I think it's going to be hugely beneficial for this Chargers defense, and specifically for one reason. And the biggest reason is this Chargers defense has responded the last two weeks without him. And, I mean, I don't know about you, Anita, but I'm not going to sit here and say Derwin James coming back to the defense makes the Chargers defense worse. But I do think what has happened over the last two weeks is these other young guys on the defense have really bought into the game plan and seen results from it, right? And I just think it's so much easier to buy into what your coaching staff is telling you when you're actually seeing the results, you're not being one of the worst defenses in the league, giving up you know, 27 points per game leading up to the last two weeks where they've been really, really good. What Derwin James brings back is a certain level of physicality and speed that they just don't have without him. So with all these young guys being able to stack a couple of victories and dominant defensive performances under their belt, getting that guy back in the fold is going to help immensely. I think it's going to light a new fire under a defense who's been really hot. So again, uh, Jeff Saturday, new interim coach for uh, the Colts, decided he's going to roll it out with Nick Foles. He's going to get the start. It's his first start in the last two seasons. Uh, the Colts Crazy. do not have Jonathan Taylor, right? But they've got Zach Moss, who they traded uh, with, with, with Buffalo. And, of course, uh, Deion, De- um, Deion jo- Jackson back there as well. I think Jackson's going to get the bulk of the carries, but a little, you know, seasoned pepper in, a little Moss. Um so, you know, offensively, I just I don't have a play in this game because I just don't know what to expect from from Nick Foles. Obviously, if yeah. if Saturday is going to him, he's obviously seen something in practice that he feels gives them a better opportunity than what Matt Ryan is bringing to the table. Uh, my play here is the under for a number of reasons, but nonetheless, um, you know, how does how does this Chargers team even start preparing? 
for a Colts team, not even knowing what to expect from Nick Foles? That's a great question. I mean, I think what you have to do is, I mean, you have to look at what they've been running the last few weeks since Jeff Saturday has taken over. But, I mean, this is a crazy turn of events. And I don't think it necessarily helps the Chargers because Matt Ryan, for as bad as the Colts' defense looks like it's been this year, giving up over 24 points per game, a lot of that has been, you know, really helped out by the fact that Matt Ryan has been turning the ball over, like any, unlike any other quarterback in the NFL. He was the most turnover-worthy prone quarterback in the NFL, and that obviously puts your defense in a really tough spot. Now you get Nick Foles. And the other thing about Nick Foles that Matt Ryan wasn't bringing to the table is Nick Foles is no spring chicken, right? He's not an athlete's athlete by any means. But compared to Matt Ryan, he kind of is. And that was one thing that you could really put kind of hang your hat on if you're the Chargers defensive front and pass rushers is, hey, we have a stationary target. And he's going to be to some extent, but not like Matt Ryan. We saw Matt Ryan, you know, taking a lot of sacks and kind of just covering up on a lot of plays where maybe Nick Foles can extend it a little bit. But you're right. I mean, you don't have any film on Nick Foles this year. I think it would have made a lot of sense if it was Frank Reich still calling the plays, right, like he was during that miraculous Nick Foles Super Bowl run. But it wasn't, right? And this Nick Foles that we have now is 3-9 and nine in his last 12 starts ever since the MVP in the Super Bowl. So it's really hard to know what to expect. But I definitely think this feels like a worse option for the Chargers. I think the Chargers would have been very happy going up against Matt Ryan, who's, I think, fumbled more times than he has starts this season. It will be interesting to see what happens. Um, so uh, big picture here, if the season was to end today, the Chargers would advance to the postseason, even though they're sitting at eight and six um, and have, a, have had a lackluster season so far. And full disclosure, <laughs> heading into the season, um, the Chargers and the Eagles were my Super Bowl matchup. Okay, I had the Chargers winning the AFC and the Eagles winning the NFC and facing off against each other in in the in the Super Bowl. And I want to say I got that at like twenty five to one. But nonetheless, um, you know, there's still there's three games to be played. They're being trailed by the Dolphins, the Patriots, the Jags, of course, who won tonight against the Jets. Um, and of course, in front of them is the Baltimore Ravens. Uh, you know, what, what's, what's your, what's, what's your thought with the, re, the, the remaining games, the Colts, the Rams and Denver, not, not a really grueling schedule moving forward. Uh, what's your thoughts about the chargers heading into the postseason? I mean, I think they have a great shot. I've seen in some, I think five thirty-eight metrics have them as almost a lock to make the playoffs if they win this weekend against the Colts. But the other big thing is I think what you have to do now if you're the Chargers, your singular focus is catching the Baltimore Ravens for that number five seed and hopefully getting yourself a date with whoever's coming out of the AFC South, which as of right now it looks like it's going to be the Jaguars. So that's a rematch where the Jaguars already smoked the Chargers earlier on in the season. But if you get the Jaguars, what that means is you're staying away from the big three. You don't get the Bengals, you don't get the Chiefs, and you don't Mm -hmm. get the Bills. And to me – that's what the Chargers have to be focused on right now because if the Ravens end up losing one of their two AFC games that they have left and they have the Bengals the last game of the season, that gives the Chargers the better conference record for the year if they catch them and end up at the same record. The Chargers would have the tiebreaker. So you have to be doing that at all costs. I mean, it, they're not must-win games for the Chargers. I mean, they could probably make it by winning two out of the last three. But this is a flawed team, as we've talked about, Anita, Right. Maybe getting Joey Bosick, you know, helps. Maybe getting Rashawn Slater, who might come back, an all-pro left tackle for the playoffs, helps. Getting Derwin James back helps. 
if you can get those guys back and find a way to win, you know, get yourself an easier matchup in the first round, then maybe you can talk about something more substantial than just maybe one win in the playoffs or just getting to the playoffs. As of right now, until this team works out the kinks, which is why I think these last three games are super important for them, they're going to have an early playoff exit. Still, you want to get Justin Herbert that first trip to the dance, right? Just show up. The Bengals showed up last year. We saw how it ended, right? Make it to the dance. See what happens because you do have Justin Herbert at quarterback. And, I mean, even with the struggles this year, which I think over the last two months he's been pretty fantastic, you know, after really recovering a lot from that rib injury, you're giving yourself a chance. You get some of those all-pro level players back. You give yourself a chance. The Chargers have a great chance. And at this point, it's a major disappointment if you don't make the playoffs. Not a, you know, it's not a hanging on for dear life anymore. They are the favorites to make the playoffs. They have to do it, and hopefully they can get some guys back so they can actually be way more competitive once they get there. Give their fans hope that they can take out one of these big teams in the AFC. Another thing you got to be concerned about is, you know, will, will there be some coaching changes? Um, a, if they don't make it to the postseason, and B, if they don't make a good showing in the postseason. Uh, right. The Chargers favored by four and a half. The over-under is 45. Do you have a player, Daniel, in, in, in regard to uh, what, what or, or, you know, game script? How do you see this matchup playing out for the Chargers? Well, the one thing the Colts have been able to do is get out in front of teams, and that's the worst game flow for the Chargers, right? Because it hasn't taken good rushing attacks, taking good rushing attacks this year to really punish the Chargers front. It's been better. I mean, I think 20 carries for 105 for Derrick Henry last week when every running back this year has averaged five and a half yards per carry against the Chargers. Like, you'll take that as a big win. The week before that with the Dolphins, the Dolphins running back only averaged four yards of carry which by most team standards is fine. By the Chargers, that's great. So it's trending in the right direction. That being said, this Chargers team has a huge problem with separation, and I think that's what makes it very, very hard to you know feel good about them winning this game comfortably. I mean, I think they let the Colts absolutely hang around in this game because not being able to score in the third quarter. The only team that they beat this season by more than six points was the Houston Texans, and they won that game 34-24. to So any bet that I'm making for this game I'm looking at maybe first-half overs because these are two teams who are much better in the first half than they are in the second half. But other than that, I'm looking at unders. I'm looking at the Colts keeping it close. I see this as being, you know, somewhere. I think that that spread is a good spread. I think it's somewhere around that. I think the Chargers hold them off eventually, but I don't think they get easy, and I think they let the Colts hang around. Daniel, thank you so much for spending time with us this evening. Really do appreciate it. Uh, let the folks know uh, how can they how can they find your podcast? I, I was I want to assume it's on Spotify, right? Yeah, it's on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Locked On Chargers Podcast, and you can also subscribe on YouTube where we post uh, shows Monday through Friday. Thank you so much, Anita, for having me on. I really appreciate it. You got it. Thank you so much for joining us. Uh, by the way, in, in talking about the uh, the Chargers making it to the postseason. Um, odds makers feel pretty confident about it. You have to lay a hundred dollars down to win $10. Are you guys doing that? <laughs> Rebecca and Tyler, are you guys doing that? Uh, I'm going to pass. I mean, <laughs> that's just asking the chargers to, to do something chargers like, right. When, when, when it's the odds are that heavily in their favor, it feels like you're asking for the chargers to charge that up. <laughs> you have to lay a hundred dollars down to win $10. Uh, that you can wager that the Chargers are going to make it to the postseason. Um, we get back. I'll, I will share with you all the ways that I'm playing this Chargers game uh, over the weekend. Stay tuned for that. I'm Anita Marks. It is Bet LA here on 710 ESPN LA.
This is Ben L.A. with Anita Marks on 710 ESPN. Made possible tonight by Tiza. Get more focus and energy in your daily life with Tiza nutrient pouches. Visit TizaEnergy.com and make your mouth happy. Now more of Ben L.A. with Anita Marks on 710 ESPN. Welcome back again. Bet LA here on 710 ESPN LA. And just doing a deep dive here in regard to the Chargers and the Colts. So uh, the Chargers have an 80% chance. They're sitting right now as the sixth seed. If the season was to end today, they would end in the sixth seed. One would be Buffalo, two Kansas City. So Kansas City would take on Miami in the first round of the playoffs. Uh, Bengals uh, would host the Chargers. And Tennessee would take on the Baltimore Ravens. Okay, so if the season was to end today, they've got an 80% chance of making it to the postseason. That's why um, odds makers are saying put down $100 to win $10 uh, that they make it to the postseason because they have an 80% chance of uh, of making it. Why? Well, also because their remaining schedule, the Colts, the Rams, and the, and the Denver Broncos. Come on. There's no reason why 8, 9, 10, 11, that uh, the Chargers should not finish at 11 and 6. There really isn't. Okay. Um, the Colts, they're going to roll with Nick Foles. I'm a huge Nick Foles fan. How can you not be backup quarterback comes in and wins a Super Bowl for the Philadelphia Eagles? What a great story line that was. Uh, but this will be the first start for him in the last two seasons. They do not have Jonathan Taylor. He's been placed on IR. He's done for the season, but they have Dion Jackson, who I think is, is going to carry the load and they are going to throw in pepper in, as I like to say, um, a, a, a lot of Zach Moss. Okay. Um, this is a Colts team. Uh, they lost to the Vikings. Of course, we saw that second half, they gave up, uh, 330 yards in the second half alone to the, uh, the Vikings. Whoa. Unbelievable that they were up 33, nothing. They were up 33, nothing at the half. And then uh, the, the Vikings came back and of course beat them. But this is a very prideful Colts team. And they love Jeff Saturday. And they really want this team wants Jeff Saturday to be the head coach heading into next year. So I do believe that they're going to play hard. My play here is the under. I'm going to play the under at 45. Uh, the Chargers, their offense has been uber flat. Um, I feel that the play calling has been uber conservative. And the offensive line play has not been good. And I think that that's going to cause an issue going up against Buckner and Quidipay and, and that whole group. Also, Justin Herbert typically, historically, has just been god-awful against cover three. And the Colts defense play a lot of cover three. So uh, my play in this Chargers-Colts game is the under at 45. And you can get that at minus 110. What does that mean? You're laying $110 down to win $100. So this is one of the many normal weather, and I say normal, uh, controlled temperature, good temperature games out there heading into this weekend. Um, Eric Moody, who's a part of, again, my team, our gambling team at ESPN, joined me on my digital show earlier tonight, and we we did a deep dive into all the fair weather, all the somewhat positive good weather games <laughs> that we're going to see this weekend, and uh, and we've got a number of plays for you, so let's listen in. Let's turn our attention to what's going on in the NFL, Eric, because this is going to be a brutal weekend with some horrific weather all over. Look at this. All over the country. Cleveland, Baltimore, Tennessee, Pittsburgh, Chicago, Kansas City. 
especially, and keep in mind, fantasy football folks out there, they're competing to try to make it to the championship in these type of conditions, especially if you play DFS. What I'd like to do with you is focus on some of the, the games that aren't going to have this horrible weather that we can really dive into and, and make a fair case. So let's start first and foremost, Detroit going up against Carolina. Weather conditions are supposed to be chilly, but nowhere like we just saw in that graphic. Um, Detroit favored by two and a half. The over-unders at 43 and a half here. How are you playing this matchup? Yeah, I like the over in this matchup. As you mentioned, weather will not be a factor, so you don't have to worry about high winds or anything like that. And uh, one thing about Jared Goff and the Lions, they've obviously played much better at home, averaging 32 points per game, as opposed to on the road, where they only average 18.7 points per game. But I am optimistic, because they scored 20 points against the Jets' defense last week on the road. And the Panthers' defense has played well recently, but they're nowhere near the level of the Jets' defense. So I'm confident in the over in this game. Do believe the Panthers will be able to move the ball very well uh, on the ground against uh, the Lions because their defensive line has not played great on the road. And if you look at the over, it's 11-5 in the Lions' last 16 games. And so my recommendation is to bet the over in this matchup between the Lions and the Panthers. Listen, Lions and Tigers and Bears, oh my, I am a believer in this Lions team with Dan Campbell, that's for sure. Really impressive win last week against the Jets. Uh, and keep in mind, they put up the second most yards against that great Jets defense all season long, the second most. So I like Detroit. I'll lay the points here as well. Um, they've got a great run defense as well. And Carolina, their, their rushing attack went somewhere against the Pittsburgh Steelers. We didn't even see it last week. So uh, I really like Detroit in this spot, and I'm going to lay the points. Uh, second game, not, not a lot of bad weather, if any at all, and that's Washington going up against the 49ers. 49ers favored by seven. The over-under is 37 and a half. What's your play here? Yeah, the play that I really like in this matchup, Anita, is to bet on the 49ers to cover the spread in the first half. And so the line's at uh, minus four. And I look at it this way. You got a Washington team that's going to have to travel all the way across the country, you know, to California, you know, to end up playing the 49ers. And in addition to that, it's a short week. So they've already got that going against them. And if you dive deeper, I'm like, they've started off games slow this season, you know, averaging 8.6 points per game in the first half of games this season. So the 49ers offense and defense will be ready to play. I anticipate they'll get off to a fast start. But if you look at San Francisco, they're 10 and four against the spread in the first half of games this year. So that's the bet that I like in this game, bet the 49ers cover the spread in the first half. So uh, I'm going to play the 49ers. I'm not shy about buying the hook, so I'll buy it down to minus six and a half. And also, I think this is a good spot to use the 49ers as a two-team six-point teaser and tease them down to minus one. Listen, Washington got their hearts torn out of them last week with the horrible calls we saw from the refs against the Giants. Now they have to travel across the country to try to beat arguably the best defense in the NFL with the 49ers. Good luck with that. Purdy's been great. Six touchdowns, one interception since he's been starting. So I really like the 49ers in this matchup. Let's talk about the Giants going up against the Minnesota Vikings. The Vikings at home in a dome. Control temperatures. They're favored by four. The over-under is 48. Yeah, I, I look at this matchup, and it's a prop bet that I like. So I'm really drawn to this prop, like I'm off to the flame 
Dalvin Cook over 98.5 rushing plus receiving yards. I'm like, the Vikings would benefit immensely if they lean heavily on Cook in the running game in this matchup. They rank 26 in the league with only 23.4 rushing attempts per game. But you look at this matchup against the Giants. I'm like, he's in a position to exceed this number if they just give him the touches. Because the Giants defense have allowed the third most rushing yards per game to opponents this season. And even with the limited touches he has gotten, I'm like, Cook has averaged 93 and a half total yards per game this season. So again, there's a strong chance in this matchup, given how favorable that he'll exceed, you know, uh, the 98 and a half rushing plus receiving yards in this game. So that's what I would bet on. I love the Giants in this spot. Um, I'll take the points. And again, I know, I know I'm a, I'm, I'm, I'm a teaser here. I'm all about teasers, but man, what a great spot to tease the Giants here as well, Eric. Tease them up to plus 10. Why not? They're feeling good about themselves coming off a great win against Washington. Now they travel to Minnesota. And really, I'm keying in on the fact that the Giants' defense, with Thibodeau being healthy, Ojolari, could really get after Kirk Cousins and in a less than impressive offensive line. I think that's really going to be key, and I think Dable's really going to be able to put together a great scheme and a great game plan against a pass defense with Minnesota ranked 31st in the NFL. So I like the Giants here. Last but not least, let's talk about Philadelphia and the Dallas Cowboys. Can't wait for this one. Gardner Minshew getting the start. Dallas Cowboys favored by four and a half. The over-under is 46 and a half. What's your play? You know what? I'm really excited about this game, too. And uh, I'm actually going to back the Eagles. And so I think they can outright, uh, outright win this game or to keep it close. And here's why. You got Gardner Minshew. I'm like, he's got 22 starts in his career so far. He's averaged 243 passing yards per game in those starts. If you're a fantasy football person, he's averaged 17.3 fantasy points per game in those starts. He's got a great supporting cast. A.J. Brown, Devontae Smith, Dallas Goddard's going to be back. And the Eagles offensive line is the difference maker in this game, in my opinion. They're great at run blocking. They're great at pass blocking. I believe that they'll be able to handle the defense front of Dallas and because of that I love the Eagles in this matchup I think they can outright win but I believe it'll be close if they do lose so I'm back in the Eagles here yeah lockstep with you I love the Eagles if anyone knows anything about me they've been watching me on daily wager for the past few years I'm all about Gardner Minshew so give me the Eagles and the points for sure and again great opportunity I love these there's so many good teams this week that are dogs that I love using in two team six point teasers and teasing them up Minshew he's played 30 games in his career he's averaging 68% completion percentage with the Philadelphia Eagles two years ago and averaging almost nine yards per passing play this past year. Also, their defense has been great, number one in takeover rate. Meanwhile, Dak Prescott has been throwing interceptions left and right. So um, I think the matchup bodes well, even though it's not Jalen Hurts, who a lot of people have in that MVP discussion, I still believe in Gardner Minshew. Eric, thank you so much for joining us with your wonderful, ugly sweater. Um, It's been a pleasure having you on bet. Enjoy the Thursday night game tonight, my friend. Absolutely. Take care. Again, that was Eric Moody joining me on uh, my gambling digital show earlier this evening, breaking down uh, a number of the games that do not have to worry about horrific weather conditions. Uh, There's going to be the haves and the have-nots this weekend across the country. By the way, bringing up to speed, the Kings up on the Flames 3-1 Tyler and Rebecca producing the show tonight. Tyler, you said two goals were scored by the Kings in a matter of 30 seconds? Less than. It felt like 10 seconds. Ugh. 
It happened wow. very quickly. Is, was it like Mbappe with France scoring yeah, those goals quickly against Argentina that helped it go into uh, penalty kicks? Yeah, it was exciting. Did it feel like that? Which, by uh, the way... You know what? Being a Kings fan, it felt better. <laughs> I'm sure it did. Um, by the way, I, I have I have a beef. If you know anything about me, you know that I was all in with the World Cup, loved it, watched every game, was in it for every game, but I have an issue with penalty kicks okay. deciding the champion. I, I really huh. do. I, I think I think you need to play to the death. Just my two cents. We get back. Jeff Legwald is going to join us. Uh, he does a phenomenal job covering the Denver Broncos. We'll now do a deep dive into the Rams matchup this week. When we get back, you're listening to Bet LA here on 710 ESPN LA. This is Bet LA with Anita Marks on 710 ESPN. Made possible tonight by Tiza. Get more focus and energy in your daily life with Tiza nutrient pouches. Visit TizaEnergy.com and make your mouth happy. Now more of Bet LA with Anita Marks on 710 ESPN. This has been a real struggle in a lot of instances, a lot of adversity that we've gone through. But I think what we've seen from our guys, Sarah, is they're going to continue to battle. They're going to finish up these last three games the right way uh, with the right mindset and mentality. And we'll compete to the best of our ability. And um, that's all I know how to do. And I, I trust that that's exactly what we'll do collectively as a group. Sean McVay is talking about uh, the disappointment uh, of the season. Uh, they are home and they are home dogs against the Denver Broncos coming to town who are favored by three. Uh, the over-unders at 36 and a half. Jeff Legwald joins us now. Good friend, does a phenomenal job covering the Denver Broncos and has for quite a while. Jeff, good evening. How are you? Thank you so much for joining us this late at night. How are you? I'm great, Nate. How are you? I'm fantastic. I'm fantastic. Um, all right, so so let's let's start. You know, Russell Wilson back in action. Um, what, a, what a major disappointment this season has been. I know you and I talked about Russell, before even the season began, I I would imagine that you had no expectation that this is how the season would play out with him at quarterback, right? Yeah, I don't think anybody did, and I think that's been part of the sort of the mystery with this team. And then, you know, toss in, uh, I think their 24th guy went to IR today. So toss all that in, and you you got a pretty good mix for – uh, one of the lowest scoring teams in the league or the lowest scoring team in the league. And and you've got a lot of talent here. Let's be honest. I know, you know, Javante Williams going on IR. I was expecting a big, big season from him, but nonetheless, Cortland Sutton, I know he's been dealing with some injuries as well as, you know, it's it, guys have been on and off, active, inactive, what have you. But there's still, there's a lot of depth here and there's a lot of talent. What, what do you feel has been the – give me the top three biggest reasons you feel Russell Wilson has, has struggled here, Jeff. Well, you know, Anita, I, I think one of the biggest is, is one I don't think even Russell wants to consider, and that's uh, – I think he's having the very human sort of emotion of, of pressing. Uh, I think he uh, just – you know, with the, the contract he received, the trade to come here with all of the expectations, uh, a lot of which he he stoked before the season, talking about he wanted to win multiple Super Bowls. Uh, and I, I just see it in his play. I, I think he is pressing. He, you know, I've asked him this. He won't admit to it, but 
I think that's the biggest thing, and and I think that's caused him not to take uh, easy completions when he has them, and and he often pushes the ball downfield when the more prudent or better move would have been the the guy who's open in the intermediate area. And then two, I think Javante Williams' injury. I think you could easily make the case they'd have three or four more wins if Javante Williams was simply in uniform, and you know, and nothing else, you know, and everything else was the same. And I think the third thing is uh, they had an awful lot of first-timers on the coaching staff being promoted up to their job uh, for the first time. And I, I probably, too, did not give that enough consideration before the season. But it was especially true on the offensive staff. And I think defensively they brought Dom Capers in to sort of oversee things. And they have not had any of those problems on defense. And, and I think offensively it's taken them all the way to, you know, almost Christmas to finally start to find any rhythm at all. Um, this is a Denver Broncos team. They're only scoring touchdowns on 37% of their offensive drives, which is the lowest in the NFL. And, and, and it's really wild, Jeff. Let's be honest, because Geno Smith, even though Seattle has struggled as of late, Boy, did they come out of the box strong. And that was a team many people felt, you know, between them and um, Houston and, you know, the Jets were expected to not have a good season. Those teams would be competing uh, for the number one pick in the draft. And Geno Smith, hands down, has had a much better season than Russell Wilson. So, you know, yes, majority of it has to do about the quarterback, but a large percent of it has to do with scheme. So with that being said, Nathaniel Hackett, what, what are your thoughts? I, I mean, obviously uh, not the season that he would have liked for you know his first year as a head coach, um, but just how bad has it gotten and what do you think the future is for him in Denver? Well, I think it either, it's, it, it's actually improved as the season's gone along for him. I, I think he had more heat on him a month ago that he does now uh, because they have uh, they haven't fixed their touchdown problem fully. I mean, the last two games they've they've had two of their highest scoring games of the season, but uh, they have fixed other things. You know, early in the year they were the most penalized team in the league, and, and now over the last six weeks or so they've been one of the least penalized teams in the league. You know, they haven't had the clock management issues they had early in the season. He hasn't had timeout issues like they had earlier in the season. Uh, so some of those things have been repaired. And I, I, I've told people here, I, I think the players have spoken and people have noticed that they have a talent deficiency now with so many guys on IR, but they have not had a, an effort deficiency they've they've played hard for Nathaniel Hackett and and this coaching staff and they have played hard all season you know I I think they have eight one score losses uh this year eight of the ten losses are by are by one score so uh and they were down 27 nothing to the Chiefs in the second quarter and I have covered plenty of teams through the years that would have tapped out at that point uh, for the rest of the year, and and the the players did not do that, and I, I think that's earned Nathaniel Hackett a uh, 
some credit with the new ownership group. And I, and I think if they keep that effort through the final three games, I, I think he has a good chance to be back with, with changes on the staff or whatever they think needs to be done moving forward. Again, uh, Jeff Ligwald joining us here on 710 ESPN LA. The Rams hosting the Denver Broncos. Uh, Denver coming to town as favorites, favored by three. The over-under is 36.5. Both these teams out of contention to make it to the postseason. Uh, so what are the Rams playing for? Well, you know, I, I think I think we all know what Baker Mayfield is, is playing for, a job next year as a starter on somebody else's squad. I guess my question to you, Jeff, is, you know, it, it sounds to me that this team really likes Nathaniel. Do you feel these players are, are coming to the table and are going to give 100% uh, this weekend against the Rams because, uh, they, because they're playing for Nathaniel and, and they don't want him to be fired? Well, I, I think they're – you know, in many ways, and either they're playing for themselves too. I think that defensively, they have, they have a chance to be, you know, near the top or at the top in the league's rankings for several things. And you know, they uh, they, they haven't won many games, so they only have one Pro Bowl selection. And and some of the guys, you know, defensively feel they may not not have gotten a, a good enough look there. So again, I, I think. The, the players sort of have shown their vote in all this by, by how they've played all the way through here. They, and they've played extremely hard. They just, they're missing so many people on offense and have had so little continuity that all the scheme problems and consistently see problems from Wilson have only been, you know, magnified just because of the guys they have on the field. I mean, at one point they're running three wide sets and all three receivers are undrafted players, and two of them are undrafted rookies. It's 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 been a wild season. Before I let you go, Jeff, uh, I'm I'm going to play the under here. Curious if you agree with me or not. I the the under um, is at thirty six and a half. But also, probably my favorite play is is Jerry Judy, right? Like twenty six percent target share. Without Cortland Sutton, I'm curious uh, if you believe that he's going to play or not. Had had eight targets, seven receptions for six, 76 yards last week, um, and also plays over 65% out of the slot. And the Rams are allowing over seven yards per uh, per catch to slot-wide receivers. So I, I do like Jerry Judy over receiving yards. I'm curious if you agree with, with both those plays. Uh, you know, I do. I think I think Judy has been the, the go-to guy here the last couple of weeks, and I think Cortland Sutton will play, but he, you know, he could be on a a pitch count of sorts coming back from a hamstring injury. But he looked he looked very good in practice today uh, uh, when I was out there today. So I think he will play, but I think Judy is still the main guy. I think the other guy to watch and all of that is the tight end, rookie tight end, Greg Dulcich. Mm-hmm. With all the injuries, they've used him more in some of the wide receiver slots out wide, and, and they've had a lot of success getting Judy free with Dulcich running out of the same side of the formation. Love it. Great stuff as always, Jeff. So good to hear your voice. Happy holidays to you and yours, my friend. Oh, same to you. Take care now. You got it. Jeff Legwald joining us here on 710 ESPN LA with a little 
I, as I like to call it, peek behind the curtain. Denver Broncos getting ready to take on the Rams. Two teams at this point in the season um, out of contention to make it to the postseason. Where's their motivation? What are they playing for? So always good to get Jeff, whoever's, of course, covering an opponent on to kind of uh, get a feel of, of what a team's thinking. When we come back, I'll share with you how am I playing this matchup. Uh, we'll have that for you next. Also, we'll kick off hour three. We've got Fat Jack, professional handicapper, who's going to be joining us. Uh, we'll do a deep dive into the Cowboys-Eagles matchup. Tim McManus and Todd Archer will preview that for us. And Andre Snelling joins us to talk about the NBA getting you ready for Christmas Day and all those fantastic, exciting NBA matchups and how you can wager on every single one of them. So still a lot more coming your way. Uh, it is Bet LA here on 710 ESPN LA. This is Ben L.A. with Anita Marks on 710 ESPN. Made possible tonight by Tiza. Get more focus and energy in your daily life with Tiza Nutrient Pouches. Visit TizaEnergy.com and make your mouth happy. Now more of Ben L.A. with Anita Marks on 710 ESPN. I was more frustrated with how I played early on. I think there were some plays that just easy check downs when they were playing that soft coverage that uh, we got to later, but... Um, I think I could have made a few places just to stay on track earlier in the game. Um, but, yeah, I think we'll be frustrated with, with how close we were. Um, yeah, just It's just one of those games where not a whole lot was going our way. Baker Mayfield, uh, disappointing loss, um, but has an opportunity to, uh, to compete and contend. Obviously, three more games remaining. Uh, he's auditioning, I doubt, obviously, here uh, in, in L.A. I do believe this is Stafford's team. I, I, I highly doubt anyone disagrees with me. Uh, but auditioning for possibly an opportunity to play on somebody else's squad. Who knows? So, again, this is a Rams team. They play 430 on Christmas Day at SoFi. And the Denver Broncos favored by three. The over-under is 36.5. Again, I like the under here. Home dogs... The under has hit 62% of the time. Games where the home team is the dog, the under has hit 62% of the time. Russell Wilson back. I think he's going to be a little rusty, a little um, wet behind the ears. Um, This is a Denver Broncos team. They're only scoring touchdowns on a rate of 37%, which is the lowest in the NFL. So, and, you know, the Rams defense, even though they're not a juggernaut, uh, they're, they're not chop liver either. So, um, I, I just, I do believe that, um, that the under is the play here at 36 and a half. Okay. Uh, as I said, both these teams out of contention to p- possibly potentially make it to the postseason. If the season was to end today, I shared with you what it looked like in the AFC, So the Buffalo Bills would have the number one seed. Kansas City uh, would host Miami. Cincinnati would host the Chargers. And Tennessee would host the Ravens. In the NFC, the Philadelphia Eagles would have the number one seed. So they would get the first round bye and, of course, would host every game in the postseason. Minnesota at 11-3 would be the two seed, and they would host Washington. The 49ers would be the third seed, and they would host the Giants. What a beatdown that would be. And then um, the Tampa Bay Bucks at 6-8. and eight. 
come there's a come on guys and and please Rebecca and Tyler please chime in here there is a flaw in the system when a team that is 6 and 8 not even 500 okay <laughs> they are 6 and 8 are the number 4 seed in the NFL and they will host the Dallas Cowboys if the season was to end today i mean seriously yeah that division is wonky 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 you don't you don't like the word wonky Uh, it's not that i don't like it i've never used it i can't say that ever in the history of my life have i ever used the word wonky is that not an east coast word i don't that is a thing isn't it there that isn't like East no it is like wonky is is more of like a midwest southern kind of slang yep yep I just have never, I've never used that in my vocabulary. It's not that I don't like the word. I find it interesting. I will not be restricted to my geolocation. (laughs) We're judging you. We're all judging you. Um, You have, you have Seattle and the Detroit Lions and the Green Bay Packers and the Carolina Panthers and the Saints and the Falcons um, all competing. Man, it's, it's, it's a lot more competitive in the, in the, in the uh, NFC, that's for sure, than the AFC in regard to teams that realistically potentially have an opportunity to make it to the postseason. So it uh, should, should, should be interesting. But as I shared, Jeff, not only am I going to play the under here, but I also like the over and receiving yards for Jerry Judy. Unfortunately, um, nothing has been, um, nothing has been uh, posted yet in regard to his, those lines. Okay. Uh, but I, I just more times than not, I'll probably play the over there in his receiving receiving yards um, once they're posted. And I want to assume that they'll probably come in somewhere around uh, 62 and a half, 64 and a half. I want to believe. That's, that's, that's what I'm anticipating. Quick break. We come back. We'll kick off hour three, and Fat Jack will join us on the program. Um, we'll do a deep dive into a number of his favorite plays. Who does? How is he playing the Chargers? How is he playing the Rams? We will find out as well. I will definitely tee those two games up for him as well. So stay tuned. We kick off hour three right here. It is Bet LA here on 710 ESPN LA.